We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, you guys. Uh, How are you feeling this week? I'm doing great. I feel like, you know, we got to meet 15-year-old Kyle when we went through our first introduction uh, (laughs) and had a little voice problem. But, uh, yeah, all all things are good. Back on the rails. We're good. I don't even know how to follow that. I just, I'm good. I, everything's fine. Show's great. Doing great. Yep. Okay. Well, that's the beginning of the show for today. <laughs> we met 15 year old Kyle. That was a good time. So, uh, except nobody did because hopefully Andrew edited it out. So, but I will try uh, to remember to do that. Okay. Um, so we're here to talk football. We're here to have a good time. Uh, but we have been rudely interrupted today by an injury report that i did have saved and now i don't good golly guys well, just... <laughs> the gist of it 
is that every Packer under the sun that plays the wide receiver position is uh, dealing with an injury. There were a lot of uh, late updates to the injury report. Randall Cobb is a did not practice with an illness. Mason Crosby is a did not practice with an illness. Al Lazard did not practice. Mercedes Lewis did not practice. And then Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson are the new ones who also did not practice as of today, Thursday. Thank you for bailing me out, Maggie. <laughs> Twitter crashed at a very untimely time. Uh, but Andrew, I mean, this is uh, this is big news. There's lots of things here to unpack. And uh, any takeaways here or instant reactions to, I mean, this is going to be big for the game on Sunday. Yeah, this is kind of an instant reaction for me because I have not been able to look at Twitter too much today. I did hear that there was some bad news in the injury report. That there were a lot of wide receivers suddenly hurt um, and I, I didn't know all of the details. And so I guess my reaction is a big yikes, right? Like there's a lot of important facets just outside of the wide receiver position. Hearing Kenny Clark on the injury report is always scary um, because you can't replace that part of your defense. Certainly, Mercedes Lewis is going to play a big role as the primary blocking tight end, especially this week, given the matchup with the Buccaneers, which we'll get more into uh, during today's show. And yeah, wow. Uh, well, and, and actually, I should mention Mason Crosby, too, right? Because if he is indeed out with an illness, something unexpected, What's the Packers emergency plan um, there as well? But with with wide receiver, it's like you can be optimistic and think like when Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily had his security blankets, he's typically, at least if you go back in time, played more within the structure of the offense, um, maybe played it a little safe. So you we could see the Packers with a really conservative game plan, and that may end up working out all right. We, we've seen that in the past when the Packers haven't, for you know, for instance, had Devontae Adams. The problem is, if you don't at least have NFL, like, average wide receivers at the position, you could be in a world of hurt because the Buccaneers, if they're allowed to just crash down on the run, the Packers aren't going to run the ball. And so they need something to help at least make the defense honor that threat um, and and keep those safeties a little bit back and and the linebackers guessing. So yeah, this is this is a, a, a little bit terrifying. I'm glad we got Andrew's instant reaction, and it's not great. Uh, Maggie, any any thoughts you want to mix in here? Yeah, I mean, I guess my only thoughts would be that they were limited on Wednesday, and for them to have a DNP on Thursday maybe makes me think that they're just taking the kind of cautious approach that they did with Elton and with Allen, where these guys are playing, but you're only in week three. You're going into a very hot Raymond James Stadium. You don't want these guys to be cramping, so you're just kind of, you know, giving them built-in rest days. You know, you think maybe they practice in a limited capacity Friday, Saturday's the travel day, and then... Most of them, I think, are probably playing on on Sunday. But yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of this stuff is stuff that you're worried that would flare up mid game or could linger uh, multiple weeks. So I think that's maybe where the concern is, is not necessarily going into this game, but it's it's a trend you don't want to see continue. Yeah. And the Packers do traditionally tend to be very cautious with their players making sure that those things don't linger. Um, so lots of optimism here. We're hoping that those, especially the receiver group uh, from the listings of uh, being limited participants and then taking the day off, maybe they are out there on Sunday. Uh, silver lining, maybe some hope around Mason Crosby. I think it was Coach Basaccia who said that he does expect 
that this is something he's going to be able to play through and an illness just giving him some time. So what looked really scary there, because that's a big, you know, we got to fix that real quick. Maybe Crosby is available. So that looks better than it could be for sure. But keep tabs. Pack-A-Day podcast will keep you informed as we get a little bit closer to game time and those things as those things get a little bit clearer. But we are here today for another round of our key matchups and X-Factors. And so, as always, we are going to take some time to dive into the Packers' upcoming opponent, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the football game. But then, of course, at the end of the show, we are going to share our X-Factor predictions as well. So, uh, ready to jump in here, guys, and talk about this Bucks game. Maggie, what is your first matchup that you're going to be watching when the Packers do take on Tampa this week? Yeah, so I think this gets a little more interesting now with, you know, the additions to the injury report. But I had Packers offensive miscues versus a swarming Bucks defense as my first thing here. The Packers are minus two in turnover differential to start the season. And yes, obviously, it's only been two games, but it's a far cry from that plus 13 differential that was third best in the NFL in 2021. So Green Bay is really going to need to emphasize protecting the football this week against a Buccaneers defense that's already got four interceptions and 12 passes defensed in only two weeks of play. That unit also has two fumble recoveries and 10 sacks with inside linebacker Devin White leading the charge there. So we saw the you know the way that a hostile environment can really affect the Packers. It did in week one at U.S. Bank and now Green Bay heads down to Raymond James Stadium, a place that they historically don't have a ton of success. The franchise is two and eight in the regular season. So I think the Packers can absolutely win this football game, but they're going to need to play some pretty mistake-free football to do it. And uh, this is a Bucks defense that's ranking first right now in the NFL in points against, allowing only 13 points through two games. And, you know, you can put a little asterisk regarding the caliber maybe of the opponents that they did play, but it doesn't make their path to victory any easier on Sunday for the Packers if they're giving away the football and giving the Bucks more opportunities to score points themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and- Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I was, I was, I was just going to interject. Sorry. I was just going to say like that ability to make mistakes and overcome them becomes even lower if if the you know talent level at wide receiver is below where we even are are thinking the Packers are at at full health so um that that could potentially create a really scary uh type of game if the Packers can't hold on to the ball yeah absolutely this is a game that we kind of thought that the Packers were going to enter into uh, much healthier than the Bucks, and maybe a better overall roster with a lot of the things they've got going on, even through the preseason and the injuries that the Tampa team had. Uh, but now it's starting to feel a little bit more even in that regard. So less margin for error, as Andrew said. Uh, the Packers pass rush versus the Bucks offensive line is my matchup here. And we've heard all the reports throughout the offseason as the Bucks just kind of kept losing those offensive linemen to injury, right? And then the tackle position had been a little bit more of a stable spot for this team because at least they had Tristan Wirfs there, right? Uh, but then they lost Donovan Smith last week to injury. He didn't play last week. I believe he's back this week, but he's wearing a brace, I believe, on his knee. Yeah, that could be wrong, but he's wearing a brace somewhere. And then their third tackle just got placed on IR. So the tackles are going to be an interesting spot to watch for sure. But my eyes might even be more glued to the interior of this offensive line because it is kind of a mess. At center, they have Robert Hainsey, and he's actually he's been very good. Uh, but he's been on 
the injury report this week with a knee, and he has two other liabilities to his left and right. Their names are Luke Gadecki and Shaq Mason, and they've been pretty darn bad to start the season there at guard. So uh, Gadecki, one of the 10 worst guards in football so far, and we've heard lots of conversation um, around Twitter this week about why the Packers haven't really brought a lot of pressure on blitz packages to start the season. And so I wonder if maybe this is the week where we see that happen a little bit more. And the Bucks are down on weapons in this game. We talked about that. So the Packers should be able to handle their matchups in coverage. I just kind of wonder if that's enough to send a little bit more pressure than we've seen, especially when you can see how big of a weakness this offensive line is. Uh, and there's no question, right? This is Tom Brady. He continues to be one of the best as much as we may not like that. But all of that does change when he has a little bit of pressure in his face. So I'll be watching to see if the Packers pass rush dials it up just a little bit against this porous Tampa O-line this week. Yeah, and that's a nice transition into what I'm going to talk about, because one of the ways that the Bucs can keep pressure off of Tom Brady is to establish the run game. And my key matchup is Leonard Fournette versus Devondre Campbell and Clay Walker. Um, the Bucks certainly are also going to be hurting at wide receiver. Whether that's more or less than the Packers, we will find out. But uh, running the ball is going to be crucial to their game plan. And the Packers' tackling was downright bad against David Montgomery last week. So Fournette is just as difficult to get on the ground. The tackling needs to be significantly better this week. Campbell just isn't the type to be missing a lot of tackles. That That's not what his history tells us. So I expect him to bounce back in a significant way. And Quay's sideline to sideline speed gets, you know, him freed up in a big way since he certainly won't have to spy on Tom Brady. So he's going to be able to focus in on Fortnite a little bit more. I really look forward to the matchup here and Devondre and Quay trying to prove that they are a better duo of linebackers than what Tampa Bay has. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, I like that one a lot. My second matchup is the Packers special teams versus field position. And the sample size is really small here, but the Buccaneers are first in the league right now through two games in starting field position. Their average drive begins on the 34 and a half yard line. And for comparison's sake, Green Bay is 23rd in the league with an average starting field position at the 25.9 yard line. So it's almost a 10 yard difference that Green Bay needs to account for both defensively in, you know, keeping a top. Brady led offense out of the end zone and then offensively requiring the Packers to sustain those longer drives. Head coach Matt LaFleur had commented on the improvements that he saw from his special teams unit kind of going from week one to week two. So it feels like the Wii fence under uh, Rich Basaccia has really kind of gotten some new life with guys like Dallin Levitt, Keyshawn Nixon, and then Rudy Ford. Um, they've made an impact already. Amari Rogers, I know, had the muff, but he looked really good last week too. So I think, you know, just having a reliable punter is going to be big in this game. And Pat O'Donnell, and he serves his purpose as a holder as well. Um, that operation looks a lot cleaner. So I think special teams could have kind of a sneaky underrated role in this one in determining the outcome of the game. If we're talking about the Bucks having some really good starting field position and the Packers having to play behind the eight ball in that regard. That's a really good point and definitely worth keeping an eye on as we get to the game. Special teams have been talked about a lot, but I like a lot of those those numbers you threw out, those are helpful to kind of illustrate where things stand and why that could be a big deal. Um, I'm going to talk about the Packers wide receivers versus the Bucks cornerbacks in this next one. And it was fun to watch the Packers find some success through the air against the Bears this past week. And Aaron Rodgers kind of picked on rookie corner Kyler Gordon and had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, but this week is different. The Bucks defensive backs are much better than what Green Bay saw in Chicago. So I was already really looking to watching to see if Rodgers would lean in a little bit and trust these young wide receivers to win against some better competition. But now it kind of feels like that's going to be even more true with the number of receivers that the Packers have on that injury report that we talked about. But whoever ends up being available on Sunday, they are going to see some good corners. Uh, Jamil Dean and Antoine Winfield Jr., both great in the top 10 among cornerbacks for PFF through two weeks. And Carlton Davis has been a really good player for a long time in the league. Lots of respect on his name. So uh, this Tampa Bay group is going to present a very good test, especially if someone like Romeo Dubs, Dobbs, man, I did it. <laughs> Romeo Dobbs ends up being what could be our primary target, right? If things don't go well, we're hoping it's a bigger group and these guys get healthy, but it could be Dobbs that ends up being your number one. So it's going to be really fun and definitely worth watching on Sunday. Yeah, and one of the things is, especially if there's a lot of young wide receivers on the field, Aaron Rodgers is going to need some time. Um, and so my next key matchup is going to attempt to give him that time, and that is John Rodney Jr., Josh Myers, and Royce Newman against the Bucks interior defensive line. And, you know, the Bucks defense is scoring some crazy grades, if you believe in 
pro football focus. Most of their secondary is performing at elite levels. And we know how good Levante David is. Devin White continues to be like fine, but everyone thinks he's elite because his rookie run to the Super Bowl was so fantastic. Devin White, fine. Okay. Got it. Uh, anyways, if there's an area of weaknesses across the defensive line, right? The Shaq Barrett continues to be really good, but Vita Vea, William Goldston, Rakeem Nunez Rochas, Anthony Nelson, and then rookie Logan Hall, they've all been very average to below average for the first two weeks of the season. And then Akeem Hicks is out. So it's widely assumed the Packers won't be able to run the ball, but I actually think it is relatively evenly matched based on some recent performances. So the Packers can get some movement or even just hold their own, they could get some traction in the run game enough to open up something on the back end because this defense is more than likely going to give the Packers fits. So this is one opportunity that I think they could potentially exploit. Yeah, so those are our key matchups. Obviously, some of them with a caveat that they could change depending on what the injury report looks like. But let's talk about X-Factors. Andrew, you can get us started because you have the most questionable X-Factor going into Sunday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Questionable. Yes, questionable, doubtful, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, so I picked Christian Watson again. Uh, obviously, I didn't foresee the hamstring injury or at least it not, not being as, as serious as it looks like it could be. Um, and, you know, going back, I picked Sammy Watkins in week one and then Watson in week two. So I feel like I've just been a week ahead so far. Watkins obviously had big production on just a few opportunities because he blocked really well. And then they used the play action to get open. But the tape continues to show Christian Watson getting off the line, getting through press and absolutely torching cornerbacks. And I know Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are seeing everything that we are seeing on tape. And they have to draw something up to take advantage. And the Bucks corners play really physically, but they do have some athletic limitations. So if the Packers can get any semblance of that run game going, going back to my previous key matchup, they should create the time Rodgers needs to get the ball downfield. And if Watson keeps creating that separation early, he is going to get a few opportunities on Sunday. If he plays, <laughs> I think he capitalizes on those opportunities. That's a fun one, and I hope that it happens. I hope he's on the field and we get to see that. But um, my, if not, just it's Romeo Dobbs. Okay, all right. He gets a backup. He's cheating again. Um, so for me, I'm gonna go with Rasul Douglas here. Um, Rasul had a couple really nice plays last week. He's just an absolute luxury to have on this roster at all. And the Packers are playing their defense in a way that really allows him to be in the middle of the field and have his eyes on the quarterback as much as possible, kind of maximizing his skill set, and especially with the pressure that I think Green Bay has the chance to generate in this game, I think there's a really good chance that Rasul gets a Tom Brady interception in this one, which would be a heck of a lot of fun and really something that he would enjoy. So Rasul Douglas for my X Factor. Yeah, this is unrelated to that uh, to an extent, but I don't know if either of you heard in the Adrian Amos presser that he had um, or his locker room interview, he was talking about how he has the the interception from the championship game of Tom Brady, and he doesn't do anything with it because they lost the game. Like, it's not framed. He just plays catch with it. Like, he puts it in his jugs machine, so he's just got this <laughs> Tom Brady pick that he uh, lets his kids play with, which I, saw, I thought was awesome. But, uh, that is awesome. I'm going to take uh, for my X factor this week, AJ Dillon. And 
I say that, you know, Andrew talked a little bit earlier about the interior of Green Bay's line holding up against the Bucks' D-line. And I just, the Packers can't afford to let this defense tee off against Rodgers. And I think part of that is going to be leaning on the run game. And Dylan is a prime candidate to fight for those gritty yards this week. You know, the more he can open things up on the ground with his legs, the more comfortable I think that Rodgers will be in the pocket and the more likely that this offense will be to hit on a few of those deep shots that Andrew is talking about downfield, regardless of maybe who those receivers are. I think you need the, to force the Bucks to drop a safety in the box to help try to cover the run support. And then it gives Rodgers some lanes in the vertical passing game because they can't afford to just kind of dink and dunk their way down the field on multiple drives. They're going to have to take some shots. And I think they're only going to be able to take those shots if A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are a factor in the run game, but giving the edge to A.J. Dillon this week. Yeah, I like that a lot, and I really do think that we've got a lot to look forward to in those X factors, lots of things we hope happen, and I think you're right, A.J. Dillon is going to be a big reason that this offense gets unlocked on Sunday. Uh, But you guys, we've got to talk about the Packers' path to victory. How does this happen? How do they get the win? Uh, Andrew, you kick us off here with how they get that win on Sunday. Yeah, this is the way I'm thinking about this game. If if this is largely a 50-50 proposition, right? We don't see a huge difference in in talent and coaching, whatever, between the Packers and Buccaneers. So if they played 10 times, we think the Packers would win five of them, right? Um, One of those five victories would be Aaron Rodgers just going nuclear. And that's always an option for the Packers, right? 10% of the time, 20% of the time, Aaron Rodgers could just be better than everybody else on the field. He could make his fourth, fifth, sixth string wide receivers look fantastic. You can get some no-name no tight ends uh, having big games. You can get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon involved in passing game. Um, and, and the Packers could, could just win, like, walking away with it. I think the other four out of five times the Packers win, it's a really close game. It comes down to the end. They're just better on the last drive or two. And I think in order to get to that, that 80%, I, I think that you have to keep the Bucks' offense frustrated. They have looked really bad. And you just can't give Tom Brady a bunch of time. That's it. He doesn't even have his great weapons that you have to worry about. So I think you can play a little bit more risky coverage on the wide receivers, get pressure in Tom Brady's face, let him make some mistakes. Keep him frustrated. Stop the run. Leonard Fournette can kill you. Just don't let it happen. Stack the box if you have to. And stick with the run game on offense. So even if it's not working, or something that has been a Matt LeFleur problem area, when it is working, giving up on it for no reason, um, just stick with the run game. Let the pass game develop from there. I think that is going to give the Packers the best chance to win. I like that a lot. And you guys have said a few things that are kind of mixed in with what I'm going to mention here as my path to victory. I think the the Packers need to stay patient on offense, um, stay in rhythm. Maggie said that we're going to need to take some deep shots in this game, and that's going to be predicated on that run game and getting those things going. That's going to mean taking what the defense gives throughout the game. Um, We've seen Aaron Rodgers get frustrated at times when things don't go the way that they need to go, especially early in a football game. Um, And I think that it's going to be essential. We know that he's had some frustrations in Raymond James over the years. It's been a tough place to play. If things don't go well, and especially if he's missing some offensive pieces and some weapons, just the patience to stay within the offense, 
take what the defense gives and work the field slowly, even if, if it means to, you know taking a longer drive to get there instead of trying to find those big shots. I think that's going to be crucial um, to avoiding that frustration and just keeping this game close. Like you said, it's probably going to come down to the end. Make sure you're in it at the end because you've made good choices um, and stayed in the game. Yeah, and because this game is one that we think could come down to the wire, one of those last possession type of deals, you got to capitalize on scoring opportunities. That is my path to victory this week. It is getting into the red zone or, you know, getting inside the 30, inside the 40 and putting up points. You can't afford to turn the ball over on downs in those situations and give the Bucks another opportunity to go score. We know they're already forcing takeaways. We know they're a really ball hawking secondary with 12 passes defense already in two games. That's ridiculous. So, you know, this is a Packers offense that really needs to, whether it's Mason Crosby putting up three, hopefully he's healthy and able to play, which it sounds like he will be. Um, or just the Packers getting into the red zone, you want to finish drives. You don't want to stall out. You don't want to have any of those mistakes inside the red zone. Yes, obviously, it's not as harmful to you when you have to make the Bucks march down the length of the field, but it's one of the things that we already talked about is playing mistake-free football and giving the Packers the best opportunity to win is by keeping the ball out of Tom Brady's hands in the final couple minutes of the game. So make sure whether it's three points or seven points that this is a Packers team that's putting up points because we think this one could come down to the wire and whoever is touching the ball last could be the team that ends up winning on Sunday. Absolutely. And so... Make sure you stay tuned to the Packaday Podcast for more updates about all of these new injuries that have popped up. Uh, Andy will be hosting the Packers Happy Hour tomorrow at 4.30 Central, so make sure that you check that out. And then every Tuesday, it'll be Packaday Live uh, with some really awesome guests. This week was Tom Grossi uh, and Wes Hodkvitz, and, and that was a really, really entertaining show, so I recommend that you check all that out. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packet Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, Maggie at Maggie J. Loney, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday, and we'll be back next week previewing the Packers' week four matchup against the New England Patriots. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done